0: The greatest story ever told is a true story. It is a story of adventures, battles, kings and queens, heroes and villains, good and evil, history and prophecy. It is your story. Come join the adventure of the Bible story. Chapter 129 Our Spiritual Army It didn't take long for the Syrian king to forget that the God of Israel had healed his trusted commander Naaman. Soon, his army was making surprise attacks into Israel, but for some reason, the Israelite army always seemed to be in the right place at the right time. It was as if the Israelites knew the plans of the Syrians in advance. This was frustrating for the Syrian king. Eventually, he exploded in rage. Who is the traitor? The Syrian king thundered. Someone keeps giving information to the enemy. I am angry enough to kill you all. Somebody better tell me who it is. One of the king's commanders stepped forward.
1: We are your loyal servants, he said. But how can you expect us to defeat the Israelite scum when Elisha the prophet lives in Israel? He does amazing miracles. It is said that he tells the king of Israel what you say in the privacy of your bedroom.
0: Elisha, I have heard of him before, the king stated. I want that man caught immediately and before he can do any more damage. The Syrians were right to blame Elisha. God was telling his prophet the Syrians' plans and Elisha was informing Jehoram the king of Israel. Each time the Syrians thought they had trapped the Israelites, the Israelites slipped away in the nick of time. On other occasions, The Israelites appeared to show up just in time to block the Syrian advance and defend their territory. When the Syrians learned that Elisha was in Dothan, a small town about a dozen miles north of Samaria, the Syrian army traveled by night and quickly surrounded the city. The next morning, the people of Dothan woke up to quite a surprise. Thousands of soldiers, some on foot, others mounted on brightly colored horses and fancy chariots, surrounded the city. Among the startled people was Elisha's new servant who had replaced Gehazi. Elisha, we are surrounded, the frantic young man told his master. The whole Syrian army is about to attack us. What is going to happen to us? This young student of the prophet had not yet learned to trust God to protect him. You have nothing to fear, Elisha patiently replied. The army outside is tiny compared to God's army. Then Elisha prayed and said, God, I pray that you open this young man's eyes that he may see. God responded immediately and opened the eyes of Elisha's servant. He saw the whole mountain full of fiery angels on horses and chariots, ready to attack the Syrians. The student quickly realized how helpless the enemy was against God's army. This same army is still protecting God's people today. There is a real spiritual army fighting for you and for God's work. It is important to see that as clearly as Elisha did even though the army is not usually visible. some of those fiery angels moved through the air toward Elisha, forming an honor guard around him. Elisha began to pray again. God, smite the Syrian army with blindness. Suddenly, chaos erupted within the Syrian ranks. The soldiers started stumbling and colliding into each other. Soon, the whole camp was a terrible mess. Eventually, some sense of order was restored after the commanders ordered their men to sit quietly on the ground until they figured out what had happened. Elisha and his student went directly to the leader of the Syrian army. You say you are looking for Elisha? Well, this is not the city you are supposed to be at. I will take you where you are supposed to go and to the man you seek. Elisha offered. With an entire army of blind soldiers, the army leader surely felt he had no choice but to follow. The sightless Syrian soldiers lined up in long lines, each holding onto the shoulders of the man in front of him. Leaving behind their weapons, animals and other belongings, they began marching and stumbling after Elisha toward Samaria. When King Jehoram saw the approaching column of Syrian soldiers, he quickly ordered his army to surround them. When he noticed Elisha leading them, he ordered his eager soldiers to hold back from attacking. Just outside the city walls, Elisha asked God for another miracle. Please, let these men see again, he said. A low murmur could be heard as the astonished Syrians realized that they were outside the walls of Samaria, completely surrounded and defenseless. Were they about to be slaughtered? A giddy King Jehoram couldn't wait to talk to Elisha.
1: Shall we attack them?
0: Jehoram asked. No, replied the prophet. These men are prisoners. As such, they should be treated that way. Feed them well and send them back home. To his credit, Jehoram did what the prophet commanded. After providing great provisions of bread and water, he sent the grateful soldiers back to Syria. Because of their treatment, And surely, because of the astonishing miracle they had experienced, those specific raiders never attacked Israel again. They knew that God was in Israel. After some time went by, Benadad, the Syrian king, forgot King Jehoram's mercy and the strength of the God of Israel. He decided the time had come to make another attempt to conquer Israel. But this time, he would use every troop he could possibly scrape up. When his army was ready, he struck quickly. His army marched into Israel, rapidly overcoming the hastily assembled defenses and then surrounding the capital city of Samaria. Other troops were sent to block the best approaches to the city and cut off any reinforcements from arriving. Although Israel's king, Jehoram, refused to surrender, conditions in the city began to deteriorate quickly. Soon, people were fighting for any scrap of food they could find. People were so hungry that they even ate unclean things like donkey brains. Doves, eggs, and small amounts of grain sold for ridiculously high prices. The longer the siege lasted, the more desperate the people became. One day, Jehoram was walking along the city wall to get a better view of the Syrians. A young woman cried out to him for help.
1: If God hasn't helped you, what do you expect me to do?
0: Jehoram replied with frustration. Jehoram had been hearing complaints about a lack of food for a long time.
1: I don't have any food to give you,
0: he said, as he turned away to gaze at the troops. I wouldn't need to ask you for any food if another woman had kept her end of the bargain we made, replied the distraught and sobbing woman. Yesterday she said that if we killed and ate my son, then today we would eat her son. But now she has hidden him away. Jehoram was stunned into silence. His mind couldn't comprehend what he had just heard. When he finally understood its full meaning and realized just how desperate and depraved the Israelites were becoming because of the famine and siege, he tore his outer robes in distress.
1: I shouldn't have listened to Elisha,
0: he muttered as he looked down at the sackcloth he was wearing underneath sackcloth was a symbol of mourning. The king was likely wearing it as an outward pretension that he was sorry for his disobedience to God.
1: We should have surrendered to the Syrians, but now we are all going to starve to death instead. Because Elisha has caused this evil in my city, I will chop off Elisha's head.
0: The king declared,
1: May God behead me if Elisha's head is still on his shoulders by the end of the day.
0: Elisha was inside his home, Samaria, conducting a meeting with some of his students when he suddenly had a sense that soldiers were about to break down his door. God just told me that the king has sent soldiers to execute me, said Elisha. Lock the door and don't let anybody in. The students jumped from their chairs. As if on cue, men began banging on the door, demanding to be let in. We won't be able to hold them off forever, one of the students said. The door is pretty flimsy. Don't worry, Elisha replied. You won't have to hold it for long. The king has changed his mind and even now is rushing to get here. Down went the door. Down went the students. In fell a mass of soldiers who stumbled and tripped over the broken boards and prostrate young men. Suddenly, a voice boomed across the confusion. It was Jehoram.
1: Don't touch Elisha.
0: He commanded his men as he pushed his way into the room. The king walked right up to Elisha and looked him in the eye.
1: Why is God letting us starve?
0: He demanded of Elisha.
1: Why haven't you prayed to God for him to deliver us? Why can't you blind them all like you did the other army? Or why haven't you caused a flood to come and wash them away or something?
0: I have prayed to God. Elisha replied, But it is he that does the miracles when he sees fit. Perhaps God is letting the city suffer because you and most of the other people in your land refuse to obey him and keep all his laws. But now that God has gotten your attention and you are beginning to see the error of your ways, God will send so much food by tomorrow that people will practically be giving it away. Jehoram was greatly relieved and was about to have Elisha released when one of his advisers interjected, That's completely ridiculous, the royal counsellor scoffed. Where is all this food going to come from? Is God going to open up the heavens and rain down loaves of bread and baskets of apples and dates on this city? He mocked. God could do that if he chose to, replied the prophet. However, this time he has a different plan. But because of your arrogance and disbelief, although you will see the food with your eyes, you won't get to eat any of it. Scowling, the advisor haughtily walked away. King Jehoram, feeling much better after hearing the good news, followed after him. Elisha's students, bubbling with excitement, fixed the door and cleaned up the mess. Outside Samaria's city gates lived four men who had leprosy. They were not allowed inside the city so they couldn't spread the disease. They lived mostly on what they could scrounge for and beg. When the Syrian army arrived, these lepers were put in a precarious position trapped between the city's closed gates and an army of bloodthirsty invading soldiers. About the same time Elisha's door was broken down, they decided to take a big risk. We have to do something. If we stay here, we will either starve the dead or be killed when the Syrians finally attack, one leper said. But what what should we do? Another asked. Even if we could get into the city, there is no food there. We are doomed. A third said. Trapped with no way out. But desperation spurred inspiration. Let's at least go to the Syrians. Maybe they will have pity on us, suggested a fourth. The worst that can happen is they kill us. But if we stay here, we will die anyway. So the four lepers walked toward the Syrian camp. Meanwhile, in the enemy encampment, a strange thing was happening. The soldiers began to hear a low rumbling sound like the noise of wheels on cobblestones or stampeding cattle. The noise grew louder and louder. Soon, the murmur among the Syrian soldiers became audible. That's the sound of chariots! One man said. No, that is marching heavy infantry, said another. I can feel the earth shaking with their steps. Soon, panic had overwhelmed the Syrians. The Israelites have hired the armies of the Egyptians and Hittites to attack us. Soldiers were shouting. The Syrians didn't know God was causing them to hear this ominous sound. Within the city of Samaria, all was quiet. Even the lepers outside the city didn't hear anything. When God caused the intensifying sound, to make it seem like the Egyptians were almost upon them, Syrians started bolting and fleeing. Soon, it was a mad rush to get away. They were so afraid that they even left their horses behind. When the lepers arrived at the camp, even in the dim twilight, they could tell something was very odd. Food and weapons lay scattered Lonely horses and mules stood at their posts. Where was everybody? They called out. No response. Poking their heads into a tent, they saw food and drink scattered about as if the inhabitants had vanished in the act of eating. They immediately began to gorge themselves on scrumptious bread, sweet melons, and sugary dates. When they could eat no more, they noticed rich tapestries and brightly colored clothes. There was even gold and silver lying about, as if it were worthless. They excitedly began taking and hiding as much as they could. They returned and ransacked another tent. By this time, they began to worry that God would not be happy with them for not telling the starving people of the city that the army was gone and that there was mounds of food for everyone just outside the city walls they returned to the city gates and told the guards high upon the walls that the Syrians were gone the guard of the watch excitedly sent a messenger to tell the king the good news king jehoram could hardly believe his ears even though Elisha had just told him that God was about to perform a great miracle. But Jehoram was suspicious of a Syrian trap. If he opened the gates now, perhaps the Syrians would charge out from their hiding places. What should he do?